Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques and systems that will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun and more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Hey friend, welcome back to the Beauty Business Podcast. We've had a bit of a break, sorry about that. And uh, I should say right at the very start, if it sounds a little bit more echoey than usual, that's because I'm broadcasting, not from a bathroom, but from a completely empty office. And I'll tell you why that is in a second. But for now, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who I bumped into recently at uh, a big uh, beauty conference in London called Professional Beauty. So many people asked me, you know, when the podcast is coming back, when's the next episode coming out, which really kind of blew me away because I know a lot of people listen to the podcast, but I never kind of imagined that people were kind of hanging on and waiting for the next episode. So huge thank you to all of those people. And that is exactly why I decided to get my arse in gear and actually get an episode recorded. So today is going to be a big one. It's going to be uh, crush your cancellations, basically how to stop no-shows and late cancellations from stealing all your revenue. We'll get into that in a minute. But first of all, because we've had a bit of a break, quick bit of an update on what's been going on. So reason the podcast has been slightly delayed getting back to it, I usually take uh, December and January kind of off because everyone's busy doing a lot of things and getting started for the year. Uh, so it was meant to start again in February and it is now March and uh, uh, I'm only just getting around to it, but for positive reasons. So first of all, I've been really busy helping a bunch of clients get fully booked in their business with their own ideal clients. And that's been inside of my money program, which is far and away now the most successful program that certainly I've ever seen um, that is designed to get you fully booked in your business with your own ideal clients, making the money that you want to be make as quickly as possible. And I'll be telling you a little bit more about that uh, later in this episode. And I'll also be uh, bringing some of those people who've gone through that program onto the podcast over the coming weeks, because some of the success stories we've had, some of the transformations have been amazing. And I really want to share those with you. Now, the second reason that I've been a little bit busy and not quite got around to the podcast for a while has been that I've kind of got back into working with more people one-to-one. Um, I realized that that's very clearly the biggest way that I can impact businesses quickly. Um, and I also really enjoy it. I love working with people one-to-one. I love really kind of diving into a specific business, um, learning all about it, seeing what's not working, fixing those things. 
and basically getting people the results they want in as short a period of time as I can. So I've been doing a lot more one-to-one. -one. I've made a lot more time in my schedule for that. So yeah, it's been a bit of a, a getting back into that and kind of balancing act of uh, making sure I've got enough time for the group, enough time for one-to-one, -one, and also enough time for things like the podcast as well. But the third reason that uh, it's taken me a little bit of time to get back on top of things with the podcast is a personal reason. We're having a big life change, the Chatterley family. We are moving to Spain and we're moving to Spain quite imminently now, um, literally in the next two weeks, which is why I'm sat in a completely empty office because we've packed up the entire house and the office. Most of it is in boxes at this stage because we're moving a lot of our stuff into storage. We are moving over to Spain for about 18 months. Uh, I'll be talking about the reasons why. The main reason really being a bit of an adventure and we really want the kids. So my kids are nine and six and we really want the kids to have a second language. And we quite like an adventure as well. And heck, I'm looking forward to the better weather. So we are moving over to Spain for 18 months. Uh, we're going quite minimally. In fact, total change of lifestyle. Uh, we currently live in a very nice detached house, kind of on the edge of Leeds, part in the country. So we've got a really big garden, uh, two cars, all those kind of things. Um, so when we move to Spain, we're actually moving to Valencia. We're going to live right in the center of the city in a in an apartment. We're going to live a lot more minimal. We're not going to have any cars. So we are basically going to be kind of transforming our life to a much more city-based, walking everywhere uh, kind of life. So it's really going to be exciting. And that is happening imminently, like I say, which is why I'm sat in a completely empty office. But... Enough about me. Let's get on to today's episode. So today I want to talk to you about crushing your cancellations. Okay, how to stop no-shows and late cancellations from stealing all your revenue. Now, this is actually the third biggest cost for beauty businesses after rent and wages. Um, not all, but we found in general that this is a huge cost. And a lot of businesses don't even realize that it is a cost because it's kind of very much seen as this, this kind of natural thing in our industry, this cost of doing business. And it shouldn't be, and it needn't be. And that is what I want to help you solve today. So this is really kind of the silent killer of your business. People kind of just think it's something that they've got to kind of deal with, but it's not the case. And I'm going to show you uh, how that is. Okay. So why, first of all, why is this such a thing? Well, couple of reasons. Obviously, one, if you get a, a late cancellation or a no-show first thing in the morning, heck, it's wasted time. Could have stayed in bed longer, for one thing. Um, but yeah, obviously, the biggest thing is it's lost revenue. If someone doesn't show up and you've not taken some sort of deposit or advance payment, it's money that you were counting on that you are not getting. And because it's happening either right at the last minute or literally they don't show up, you're unable to replace that booking with another booking and therefore replace that income. So it's a huge hit on your business. And if you think about it, just one or two late cancellations or no-shows in a week at an average sort of treatment price, let's say of around, I don't know, $50, 40 pounds, something like that, that will add up over the year to be a huge amount of money. So it really is a huge impact on your business. Um, and then you inevitably end up wasting more of your time because you need to recover some of that revenue. So you end up chasing the client for the payment 
you know, having to navigate that that awkward feeling of not wanting to annoy your client, but obviously you've got to protect your business. And that takes more time as well. And then ultimately you end up feeling like the bad guy and you don't want to annoy clients. So you may even find yourself giving in and not charging for your time, which nobody wants. So instead what we want, we want to work only when we need to. We want to know that the time that we've got booked out for appointments, the client's going to show up, they're going to show up on time, they're going to have the treatments that they actually meant to have, so we know that any time we spend booked in to be doing work, we're actually going to be working and earning money. We also want our clients to show up on time, okay? Whether that is a few minutes early for you, whether that is bang on the time that they're supposed to arrive at. You know, we need our clients to show up on time. We need to make sure that that is happening all the time. We also want to cut down on admin. You know, all of that time you spend reminding clients about their bookings and following up with them and then chasing them when they don't show, explaining why turning up late for an appointment causes you a big problem. All of that admin and time just takes more time, takes more headspace. And that's not what we want to be doing in our business. We really want to be just working with clients who show up on time and then are happy to pay. And even if, you know, because life gets in the way, we've all done it. We've all accidentally double booked ourselves. We've all accidentally arrived late for an appointment. But when we do it, I imagine because we value the time of the person that we're supposed to be, you know, seeing at that point for that appointment, you know, we're very apologetic and we're happy to pay if we have missed that appointment because, you know, we understand that that is someone's time and we value their time. That's the kind of clients that we want to be working with. Now, incidentally, um, I should have mentioned right at the beginning, sorry about this. Uh, there's a guide. I've put together a whole guide to go with this episode. Um, it's called Crush Your Cancellations. And it's a starts off with a checklist, all the different things that you should have in place in your business to protect your revenue and make sure that cancellations and no-shows are not stealing your revenue. So it starts off with a checklist, and then it's got a couple of other things in, in there as well. It's got a whole kind of sample cancellation policy um, that I recommend you use. I'll be talking more about this in a second. And a bunch of scripts as well for how to explain things to your clients uh, when they ask you questions. And I'll talk about more as that as I go. But if you want to get a copy of that, all you need to do, go to the show uh, notes description in your podcast app or the show notes pages, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com. Just go onto there. There's a link in there. Uh, click that and that will download the, the guide straight to your computer. Okay, so a couple of mistakes I see people making all the time when they try to kind of do something about this. Um, first of all, I find people don't think about this problem early enough in the client journey. And what I mean by that is not they don't think about it early enough um, in their business journey, but actually the client themselves. Um, I'll explain in a second what I mean by this. But basically, preventing cancellations and preventing no-shows has to start right at the beginning of your client getting journey, okay? You need to be making sure this is something you think about right at the start. The second thing is not putting in place the clear strategies to stop it. Okay, essentially what we're talking about here is a cancellation policy. It's vital that you have one from day one. And if you haven't got one, let's get you one today. And that's why I've put an example in to the download for this episode. And I'll be explaining a little bit more about that as we go. And then the third big mistake is even if you've got those two things in place, not sticking to your strategies. So having that cancellation policy in place, but then not actually committing to it and not sticking to it for yourself. So then clients get to know that even though you've got this policy in place. You don't stick to it so that they can always get around it. So we're going to solve all of this for you today. So the big idea that I want to kind of introduce here is that we can minimize 
no-shows to the point where they hardly have an impact on your business. However, some late cancellations, some no-shows are still going to happen. But the key here is we want to be working only with clients that even when that does happen, because yes, it is inevitable. And like I say, we've all done this ourselves. I did it just a couple of weeks ago, but I still paid for the appointment. I completely double booked myself. I had to let them know literally the morning of the appointment. I was so annoyed with myself, but I immediately said, look, I can't make it. I've double booked myself. I will pay for the appointment so that you don't lose out and then I'll book in again. So we can't stop them, but we can absolutely minimize them so that they actually take up a small amount of your time and do not impact your revenue at all. Okay. So we can stop it costing you any money. Now, there are three phases to fixing this problem and handily, they all begin with P. So I call these the three phases of revenue protection. Okay. First of all, we've got prevent, then we've got prepare, and then we've got persist. Now, break all these down on the spreadsheet, sorry, not on the spreadsheet, on the download, uh, like I said, which go and find in the show notes description on the podcast pages. Now, these go in order and each one has a couple of stages to it as well. So first of all, right at the beginning, like I said, one of the mistakes I see people make is they don't think about this early enough in the client journey. And this is how you actually prevent no-shows and late cancellations being a major issue in your business. So the first stage is prevent. And this is where we basically make the decision to work with our ideal clients only. Now, the idea behind this is very much something that is popularized by a uh, a fantastic book called Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port. And he talks about having a red velvet rope policy. Uh, And what he means there is just like when you go to kind of um, a nightclub, and, you know, they'll have a couple of bouncers on the door. And, you know, if you're not, if you don't look right for that club, you know, maybe they have a, you know, no jeans policy or a no trainers policy or something like that. You know, that's very superficial. But in your business, you want to be looking for your ideal clients and have a minimum bar. Okay. So if someone doesn't feel like an ideal client for you, and there's a couple of red flags, don't accept them as a client in the first place, because those are most likely to be the ones who are going to mess you around. So that is the first step in this process is to really get clear on, first of all, your who and your what, which I've talked about in episodes before. So you make sure you know exactly who you're going for, what it is you do for them. And that's going to kind of fix most of your ideal client problems, but really get clear on who you want and basically who you don't want in your business. What are the kind of um, things that you won't accept in a client? What are the red flags? What are the things that you know from experience that if you accept that type of client, uh, they're going to be the ones that mess you around? So really stick to working with your ideal clients. That will make a huge difference, not only in this context, but to your business overall. So the handy thing is that is the one main feature of the prevent section. If you get that right, then no shows and late cancellations are going to be a much smaller problem in your business than they could be. Now, the second P is prepare. So we've done everything we can to prevent it happening, but it's still inevitable to a certain degree. So let's prepare for when it does happen. And first step here is your cancellation policy. Now, cancellation policy does not need to be complicated. In fact, it should not be complicated. In fact, it should have three very clear criteria. It should be simple, it should be clear, and it should be short. 
Okay, there is no point in having a cancellation policy that is 17 pages long because nobody will read it. And when nobody reads it, they can always argue that they didn't understand it or something like that. So you want it clear, short and simple to understand. Now, that's exactly why, like I said, I put an example of it in the, the download for this episode. One that I would use, it's a couple of paragraphs long. It covers every single eventuality uh, and coming on to that as well. Um and it very clearly spells out, you know, what happens in each case. And in each case, what I mean there is, you know, no-shows are fairly straightforward. They have had an appointment and they haven't showed up for it. So in the case of a no-show, people kind of are pretty clear on what a no-show is. And you can very clearly say, you know, if you fail to show up for your appointment, we will charge you whatever you decide on, 100% of the fee, 50% of the fee, whatever you decide on for your policy, that's completely up to you. Then you've obviously got late cancellation. If someone cancels within a certain period of time, okay, whatever they get charged for that period of time. But again, it's it's unambiguous. You know, if you say, well, if you cancel within 24 hours of your appointment, it's a, it's a very kind of yes or no answer. Was it within 24 hours? Wasn't it? Um, however, the tricky one, the one that kind of catches people out all the time is late changes. So this is where someone either phones up and makes a change to an appointment um, within a certain period of time. That might be to change the treatment or service that they're having. That might be to, for example, they've got three different treatments booked uh, one after another and they phone up and they say, oh, actually, I can only make one. You know, that again leaves you with time that you're going to struggle to fill in such a short period of time and it affects your revenue. And I guess the worst one here, the worst offender, because clients don't always understand how this impacts you, is they have kind of three treatments booked and they show up on time for their appointment, all looking okay at this point, but then they go, actually, I've only got time to have uh, my manicure today, so I can't have the pedicure as well or the facial. You know, that's a very difficult situation because you know, you still want to do the treatment on them, but you were expecting them to have more treatments. You're you've booked out more time. You're expecting that revenue. And then you have that awkward situation then having to explain that to the client. So I have three very clear paragraphs. What happens when you no show? What happens when you're late cancellation? Very clearly what happens in the case of late changes as well. Now, the other key to your policy is to make sure you share it everywhere. Okay, your policy is actually for your clients more than it is for you. So there's no point in having a policy that you keep secret or you only put on some random page on your website that no one knows about. You want to be pointing people to your policy in your salon, on your receipts, on your booking confirmations, on your booking reminders, uh, on your website, on your email signatures, everywhere. You want it to be so clear that you have this policy in place and that you will enforce it, that you know it's impossible someone to have made a booking with you and not know that you have a simple cancellation policy because that way when you have to enforce it you have that confidence that no matter how they made their booking they were informed even if they made it over the phone they were informed that you have a cancellation policy where to find it how to look at it easily understandable because that way it makes it more easy for you to enforce it because you know that they've seen it Okay, they can't argue their way out of it. They can't say, oh, no, I didn't know that. I didn't read it. I didn't see it. You know, you make sure that it's everywhere and they can not miss it. And then the one other thing that I would have on your cancellation policy is 
some form of simple kind of appeals process. So if someone, because there's always going to be that kind of weird once in the blue moon situation. Um, but if someone feels that they are an exception or that they have been wrongly treated in some way by your policy, you want to put on there a little statement about how they can appeal about the policy, what they should do, exactly what they should do. So should they phone, should they email, exactly what they should do, who they should email to, what information they should include in there. And then also they set their expectations. So if you say, okay, if you if you want to appeal this, this um, cancellation policy, send an email to this address, uh, address to this person, with this information on there. And then when you do that, we will endeavor to get back to you within whatever, 24 hours, 48 hours, because that way you've ensured that they know that they're gonna get heard, uh, they feel fairly treated, and they know to expect an outcome in a certain period of time. So you're not kind of having to uh, monitor that constantly all the time and you've got the time to look into it. So those are the very clear things I would have about your policy. Now, the next P in the prepare section is power. And by this, I mean, you need to take the power back in your business in terms of payment. So I've said this many times. I 100% stand by this. You should be taking some form of advanced payment for every single booking that you have. Now, whether this is a deposit, a percentage of the overall treatment, whether this is full payment, uh, whether this is a sliding scale, whether it's a fixed payment. That I care less about. I do have strong feelings on it. I think you should probably be charging full, but it's more important that you're charging something because simply by charging something ensures that this person is more likely to show up for their booking on time or let you know in good time if they can't make it because there's some of their own money at risk. Now, this is why I like to move towards uh, full payment because I believe if someone is intending to show up for their appointment, they should have no issues with paying for it in advance. The one exception maybe is where someone's booking a treatment way out in the future. So for example, if you do kind of uh, uh, event makeup or wedding makeup or something like that, and they book it kind of 18 months in advance, fair enough take a deposit because it's so far in the future. But most of the time, I would say just take payment in advance because if they have any issue with paying you in advance, they're essentially saying, I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to show up for this treatment. And I, for one, don't want clients like that. So take some form of payment uh, because a couple of things happen when you do that. Uh, the power then sits with you. And what I mean by that is if this person breaks your cancellation policy, they don't show up or they show up late, um, first of all, you've got the money. So it's already in your hand. You don't have to chase it. Um, you still have to inform the client, obviously, but you don't have to be chasing it down. So it's not going to waste a lot of your time. You still get the revenue. Your revenue is protected. However, should you then decide for whatever reason that this is extenuating circumstances and for this one time, maybe because it's a client who has been with you for ages and they've never done this before, um, you could let them off, Okay but the power is with you. And suddenly by you letting them off, you're doing them a favor. Whereas if it's the other way around and you haven't taken some form of advanced payment and now you have to chase them, even if you decide to let them off, it doesn't seem like you're doing them a favor because the client has already got their money. They weren't planning on giving it to you anyway. So it's just that, that slight shift in dynamic. So by you deciding to let them off this time, 
that's probably going to prevent them ever doing it again and means that you suddenly, rather than looking like the bad guy, you look like the good guy instead and you've probably just bought yourself a wonderfully loyal client. So that's what I mean by take the power back. Now, there is a bit of discussion on this topic around what you should call this. Should you call it booking fees, deposits, prepayment? Now, I am not a legal expert. I imagine there is some form of very specific legal um, descriptions around each of these. But to be honest, when I see this argument going on, I kind of dismiss it because honestly, at the point where you end up having to argue what you called your advance payment, um, it's probably gone too far. So I would simply call it an advance payment. If you want to get legal advice, please, please do so. Don't take my word for this, but I would simply call it an advance payment and talk about it in terms of, you know, I take this payment to guarantee the booking. Look, if you cancel within 48 hours, I will give you all of that money back. That's absolutely fine. However, if you break my cancellation policy because I value my time and because I can't replace that treatment, I will have to take either some or all of that payment and keep that. Okay. Um, also, another one is, and I'm hearing this from more and more people who uh, decided not to take an actual payment in advance, but take kind of card details in advance and hold those card details. You know, there's more and more of these prepay credit cards around now. Um, one of them, I believe, please don't sue me, but <laughs> one of them, I believe, is Revolut. Um, you know, you, you control what money is actually on that card. So, it's no longer the case that if you take the card detail from someone and you have those card details and they break your no-show policy, it's no longer the case that you can just kind of charge that card because if the person removes the funds from it, then there's nothing you can do. Um, I think taking card detail from people was fine a few years ago and it's certainly better than nothing. It is a deterrent for people. Um, but again, I would just say take the payment in advance. Hold the payment yourself. Have the money in your uh, account on hold because then the power sits with you. And I just want to reiterate, if anyone is not willing to pay you in advance for a treatment that they are planning on showing up for, then they're essentially saying that they're not 100% sure that they're going to make it. So please, please, please take some form of payment to guarantee the booking. Now, the third P in the prepare section is to poke and prod. Now, this basically deals with reminding clients about their booking. So whenever anyone makes a booking, I think best practice is to send out a confirmation of that booking, probably by email, just to basically confirm for people that they have booked, confirm the time, confirm the date in case there was some sort of uh, you know, confusion on the call or whenever they booked it to make sure that they know when you are expecting them to come in. I always like to send a confirmation. Now, Best practice again then is to remind your clients about their booking. Now, going back a few years, I remember doing a, a podcast episode about this and we'd done a test with some clients and we found that the difference between not sending an appointment reminder and sending an appointment reminder by text message, because at the time there wasn't things like WhatsApp and Messenger and all these other instant messaging things. So text message really was the best way to ensure that a message popped up on people's phones and they kind of, they had to read it in order to even get rid of it. So the read rate was the highest you could get. Whereas with emails, they can get missed and they can be spam filtered and email addresses can be wrong and their mailboxes could be full and blah, blah, blah. So text messages were the best way to ensure that something got read. Now, I remember it was in the sort of 70% uh, reduction area uh, if you sent a text message out to someone versus not sending a text message out, it reduced your no-shows and late cancellations by 70, I think it was 74%. But this is, going, like I say, going back probably five or more years. 
probably quite a lot more than five years, to be honest. Um, and I think it's still very, very much the case that you should do that. But the shift now is because we get so many of these notifications and messages and push notifications and pop-ups and things on our phones from all the different messaging apps, it's kind of now become that you become a little bit blind to it again. So you can overlook messages. So whereas a few years ago, it was the case of, right, you need to send a single uh, reminder text message. Now, I advise you to send at least three reminders. Um, obviously, stagger them. You want to send one maybe four or five days before the appointment. You want to send one three days before the appointment. You want to send one two or the day before the appointment. Uh, we need that level of reminder. You need to poke and prod people to remind them that they have a booking, when it is, when they should be arriving, all those kind of things. Now, a lot of software systems can do this for you automatically now, and I'm a huge fan of doing that because it's no extra work for you. Um, set those up in your system. Most people are still using just one reminder. I would highly advise you to use two or three. Make sure you also refer to your cancellation policy on there. And in terms of your policy, one thing I forgot to say, have a page on your website dedicated to your cancellation policy. Nothing else on that page to distract people. Really simple URL on your website so that you can just point people to that all the time uh, and put that in your reminders as well so that they're reminded of the cancellation policy. Uh, if you can, send those reminders out by one or two different uh, platforms. So maybe you send one of them out by text message, one of them out by email, one of them out by WhatsApp, or just two by text message and one by email. But I would cover two different platforms because that way you maximize the chances of them actually getting through to people. So prepare is made up of your cancellation policy, taking the power back and poking and prodding your clients to remind them. Now, the third P in this whole process is to persist. And this basically deals with now you've tried to prevent it happening. You've got your policy and you're taking the payments and you're poking and prodding people. Now you've just got to persist with this. Now, this is where your software can really help you out. If you have decent booking software, because it can enforce your policy for you. So if someone fails to show up for an appointment and you've taken that payment, it can simply claim that payment as revenue and it can send an email out to remind to inform your client that this has happened, okay? So your software can do a lot of stuff for you here. Not only can it take the payment in the first place when they make the booking, um, a lot of software systems can have a little tick box on there that says, you know, I have read the terms and conditions, I have read the cancellation policy and they have to tick that before they can even make the booking. So they've kind of confirmed that they know you have this policy and You've done whatever you can to tell them that they read it. Um, it can send the confirmation out so they know when it is. It, the software can send out the reminder, ideally two or three of them. Uh, and then, like I said, it can also take the payment from you when someone breaks your cancellation policy. And the other cool thing about software is because so many, so many places and all businesses really, I feel, should use some sort of booking software, um, you can even blame the software for it. So if someone really has an issue with you taking payment, just say the software makes you do it and you can just push the blame onto that. Uh, although I wouldn't do that. The next thing in the persist section is scripts. Now, I've become a huge fan of scripts over the last few years for everything in business. Scripts are such a powerful tool because... Scripts ensure that everyone gets the same information and response from you about your business and in your business, no matter what's going on with you. Because let's face it, when you run your own business, 
you know, your personal life is going to affect everything you do in your business. If you've had a bad day, if you've had an argument with someone, if you're not feeling great, that's going to affect how you perform in your business. Whereas if you've got scripts, even if you're not feeling amazing on a, on a day, people are going to get the same response to the same question they would have got yesterday or the day before or the day before that. And also if you've got staff, you want to make sure that they're using the same script. So have a script for, you know, what to say when someone asks why you take payment in advance. Have a script to say what to say when someone does fail to show up for an appointment and you call them and you leave them a message. Have a script for when someone turns up and says, oh, I know I've got three treatments booked in, but I've only got time for one. Is that okay? Have a script in place because that way you can just come out with that script uh, and everybody gets treated in the same way so they get the same information. Plus, it gives you the time to think of that response um, where you've got time, um, where you've got a clear head so that you're not kind of trying to come up with something on the spot. So have scripts in place. I would have scripts in place for everything in your business, but certainly around the areas of cancellations, no-shows, and late changes. Okay, cool. And then the third S, we've shifted over to S for the persist phase. So we have software, scripts, and the final one is staff. It is so important. If you have team members, people you work with, people in your salon who interact with your clients in any way, then you must make sure that they understand your cancellation policy, why you have it, why it's there, what it is, what circumstances a client will get charged, where to find that policy, and also the scripts to use as well when talking to clients. Because as I've said, the whole point of having the policy is so that it's easier for you to enforce said policy. So if you tell everyone where it is and all your clients know about the policy, then you know that they've been informed. If you have a member of staff who you doubt in any way that they've told people about the cancellation policy, that becomes the weak link in your chain. And as soon as you lose that tiny bit of confidence that every single client who's made any booking with you has been informed about the policy, then you suddenly diminish your ability to enforce said policy massively. So you want to be rock solid, 100% confidence that Everybody in your business is informing people about your policy, telling people where to go and saying the same thing. So there's no ambiguity at all. So those are the key stages of crushing your cancellations. Like I said, if you want to make sure you've got all of those things in place, so a checklist to make sure you covered every area and the policy wording itself, you can change yourself, but I've kind of listed it all out for you and some sample scripts in place to help you out. Make sure you go and grab a copy of the download, which you can go and find out either in the episode description in your podcast app that you're listening to this on, or if you can't find that, just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com, find this episode, find the show notes pages, uh, and you will be able to download it from there. So uh, remember, protecting your revenue starts sooner than you think it starts with the clients that you are getting, as so many things do. The key areas here are to prevent it, prepare for it, and then persist with how you handle it. And all of these benefits will come to you. Now, I also want to say there are some positive sides of this as well. I've sort of, we've kind of focused on the if this happens and these are the negatives so far, but there are three areas where this actually benefits your business. Um, and the first one is to repel, okay? Um, if you have, for example, a prepayment and advanced payment policy in place and you and a new client inquires with you and they have any sort of issue with this, like I said, that's not the type of client that you want. So this will actually repel your non-ideal clients. 
So that means you don't have to deal with them. You don't have to worry about them. They're not going to cause you a problem in your business. So the first one is it repels the wrong type of clients. The second thing is it gives people confidence. Uh, I had a situation recently where my wife and I had booked some theatre tickets. Uh, we probably booked them like a year ago. Uh, so we'd marked the date in the diary and we knew it was coming up and we sort of, it was literally, we were getting ready to go. And it was a bit of a drive away. It was about an hour and a half to get to this theatre. And we were literally kind of, you know, coats on, ready to walk out the door. And suddenly we we're like, oh, where are the tickets? And I looked at my email, couldn't find the tickets anywhere. Couldn't remember the kind of the ticket company I'd booked with. So we're suddenly having that panic of like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Where are these tickets? Reasonably sure that we could have got there, given our names and probably gone to the box office and found the tickets. But there was that sudden panic in our minds of, you know, did we book these? Is this the right night? All those kind of things. So all I did was I went onto my banking app. I roughly remembered when I'd booked them and how much they were. I went back, roughly looked that day and I found the transaction. I found the name of the company and I found that I'd paid for it. Um, that immediately gave me confidence that because I'd handed over some money, that they were actually going to have some seats for me when we arrived at the theatre. So I think by taking a payment, it gives your clients confidence that you have, you are professional, uh, you are prepared, and you have reserved that time for them. So there's not going to be a confusion when you arrive, when they arrive for their appointment. So I think it gives people confidence in you and your business. And the third one is spend. There are no two ways about it. By taking payments in advance, it increases the likelihood for secondary spend in your business because there's this psychological thing of, well, if I've spent the money, you know, three weeks ago when I booked the appointment or whenever and I show up on the day, there's no money to change hands on the day. So I feel like I've already paid for this appointment a few weeks ago. So when you make a suggestion to your clients, for example, about uh, some uh, home care or some product or, or a recommendation that you make to them that involves them spending some extra money, maybe even an add-on treatment, um, it becomes much more easy for them to say yes, because they feel like they've spent this money in the past. So today they're spending kind of new money. Um, and it's not kind of, well, I'm going to have to pay you know, $90 for this treatment plus this home care that, I, that I've been advised to take. So it becomes an easier sell. So it tends to increase uh, secondary spend by somewhere around 27% of the sort of the, the figures I think make sense. So there are some very, very much positives for doing this as well as also protecting your revenue. So what can you do next? Well, first of all, go and grab yourself a copy of the checklist, which you can go and find, like I said, on the show notes pages or in the episode description. Download that, work through that, make sure you've got everything covered in your place. The key takeaways here is take payments and post your policy everywhere. If you do nothing else, do those two things. So what's next? Um, well, actually, yes, should have mentioned this at the beginning. If you're not yet fully booked in your business, okay, and if you're still struggling to get clients, I'm actually over the next couple of months, I'm going to be working with a small handful of solo business owners or very small, you know, if you've got a, a team of like two or three, so either solo business owners or small team uh, business owners over the next few weeks to ensure that you get fully booked in your business with the right clients for your business so you're maximizing your revenue all the way. We're going to teach you the systems that we use. We're going to put them in place with you. I'm going to personally help you put them in place in your business. Uh, it's something that we're doing. Uh, like I said, uh, we're going to be working together on that. So if you want to check that out, um, there's another link in the show description uh, that'll say get booked. Uh, go and click on that. That will start a quick conversation with us on Messenger. We're just going to ask you a couple of questions to make sure that you're right for the program and then we'll send you all the details. So go and 
track that down if you're not fully booked in your business and you're a small or solo independent beauty business owner. Um, I'd love to help you get all the bookings and the money that you want in your business. So go find that in the show notes or the episode description. Click the get booked link uh, and we'll uh, get you more information about that. So like I said, welcome back. That has been everything you need to do to crush your cancellations and stop your clients from stealing your money due to no-shows and late cancellations. Hope that's been useful. Please, as always, let me know if you have any questions. You can email me, adam at beautybusinesspodcast.com. Those emails come straight to me and I tend to, well, definitely read all of them, reply to as many of them as I can. Have an amazing rest of the week. I will see you again back here very, very soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at. 